Hello and welcome to Inspired, your grown-up girl talk, coming to you today from Malibu, California. We are on the road. I'm Stacy Fleece. I'm here with Samantha Tredelius. How are you? Oh my goodness, I'm doing so well, and it's so beautiful here in Malibu. It's hard oh. not to be doing well in Malibu. It is let's true. Be, let's be honest. Let's be 100% clear. But here's the cool part. We have with us today Maria Paredes, uh, and she is with Arbon. And uh, Maria, how are you? Oh, I'm doing fantastic. First of all, you look stunning. That oh, necklace is beautiful. I know that you guys can't see it, but she's got this amazing necklace on. Yeah, it's unbelievable. Check the picture. We'll post a picture. It's an unbelievable necklace. But also, not only is she with Arbon, but she's got a great um, background in fundraising and different uh, scopes, which we'll talk about here in a little bit. So let's get into it. Right? Are you enjoying Absolutely. your day today? Oh, yes. This is the highlight of my summer. Nice. Oh, I like that. I like that. Nice. And this podcast is the highlight of the highlight, right? Oh, yes. This okay, is, good. This good, is good. the best. <laughs> so I want to talk a little bit about, your, you've got two very different career paths. So I let's do. talk about this a little bit. You've been spending a, a bulk of your career in higher education fundraising. And then you've got this amazing beauty business on the side. So how did, how did, you, how, how did you even marry those two? Like, how did that work for you? Absolutely, and it's always a journey, right? And I think at first when I didn't have an open mind, I thought that I just needed it to be one thing, right? One thing, and that was it. But, uh, you know, we are multi-passionate, you know, as human beings. Oh, I like that term, you know, multi-passionate. Yes. That, I've not heard that before. Absolutely. You know, as human beings, we have so many talents, and everyone has different ways to bless and to benefit other people. So when I realized that, that's when I was like, oh my gosh, you know, I've been doing fundraising for 11 years, but also I was a caregiver to my mom for 10 years. Wow. Um, So that really taught me the importance, of course, of taking care of your health and using preventative measures. But also as a caregiver, I burned out because I was neglecting myself. Yeah. Uh, So when when I, I was eventually, you know, noticing what it meant to, to neglect myself, I realized, oh my goodness, like I need to really take care of myself so that I can even take care of my mom longer. It's hard to step back and even have that sort of self-realization around that. So mm-hmm. I imagine that was a that was an aha moment for you, but uh, one that's I think hard for people to get to. Absolutely, especially when you're a giver. And when you grow up saying yes to everything. <laughs> yeah, I think we are all victim of the yeah. yes, of the word yes. Um, isn't it interesting too, like how women, we always feel like we have to put everything into a box, like every right. part of us, whether it's, you know, fundraising box or our bond box or, mm-hmm. you know, loans or insurance or sparkle or whatever it is that we're doing. I feel like so many times all the different parts of who we are tell our story and help us kind of greater our path as we go. Mm. So I think, you know, before we just started chatting, it was about making it all different, but also understanding that who you are are all these things. Absolutely. You know, and who you've become is because you're doing all these Multi-passionate. Things, you know? My new yeah. favorite term. I'm going to steal that from you, by it's the way. It's amazing. Of course. <laughs> it's amazing. So talk to us about, like, how you've been able to take your fundraising abilities, because let's let's roll back a second that is one of the hardest jobs yes <laughs> underlined exclamation point hardest jobs <laughs> and then turn that into a business that's making money like how were you able to make that path kind of come to light yes um, so of course with fundraising it's very relationship it's one-on-one it's ability to uh, connect with a donor and hear their vision and give them a solution to basically what they want to do 
And similarly, through wellness and self-care is the same thing where you know, you're getting to know someone, you're getting to know where they need support and help them flourish by giving them um, you know, different products or practices that will help them in their path. So in essence, it's a people business, it's yeah. relationship, it's personalization, and it's really uh, valuing the individual and the community at the same time. That's good. That's really I like good. that. I like it. And and as an Arbon rep, you I don't even know how many products you guys have that cover how many different parts of people's lives. So tell us a little bit about the product line and sort of how you well how you got into it and how the product line has grown because I know that it has flourished as a company in terms of offerings um, and and what it's serving the, the clientele how it's serving the clientele. So would love to hear more about that. Absolutely. Uh, Sharing the story is one of my favorite parts about Arbon because it's a 42-year-old company. It was founded by Petter Mork back in the 80s, and at that time he believed that a lot of the personal care products were actually harmful, and he, he wasn't wrong. I was going to say he was probably <laughs> right. He yes. feels pretty spot on. <laughs> yes, yes. So uh, he dedicated his life to creating a product line that was strictly plant-based, that it was based on European standards. Um, so we ban over 2,000 ingredients that are known to be harmful to humans. So for example, today, Hawaii bans any sunscreen that has two chemicals that are harmful to reefs and also to individuals. And today, we, all, we have a clean sunscreen that is, of course, vegan, cruelty-free, and it doesn't leave a white cast. So in essence, you know, we have gone a long way from just uh, care but now we have nutrition and we have cosmetics as well so overall there's more than 200 products wow. so that, those are three really different channels that mm -hmm. could be standalone companies on their own yeah so how do, how do you get your brain around 200 products over three related but honestly could be very individual channels that's a lot yes yes so one of the philosophies of course for Arbonne is the mind body skin connection so in essence we believe in beauty from the inside out so we start with nutrition as the base you know so we make sure that all of our clients understand nutrition because they are trying to fix uh, skin problems that are actually emerging in their gut so in essence, we start there, and then if they are willing to look at skincare, then we introduce them to skincare, and then finally cosmetics, because you know we know that, of course, we all love makeup, you know, but makeup will just sit on our face and will be washed off, and you know, that's about it. But um, guilty sometimes of not washing off. I'm just gonna say that out loud. I know. <laughs> just. Yeah. Yes, yes. So all of our products are basically we we call it like food for the skin basically. So even oh, I like that. even actually really good. Yeah. Even our our makeup, you know, will have different botanical blends like to moisturize, to for example our mascara, it's been ranked in the top 10 by Wall Street Journal. It has hibiscus, uh, pea peptides, and it also uh, it doesn't smudge. So in essence, which you know, all the which is important. Yes, which is good. yes, all the botanical ingredients, you know, help to nourish your lashes. So do you find that the industry as a whole, with skin and you know these healthcare, is leaning in and really embracing this cleaner, organic, vegan moment? Um, because I'm seeing it more and more. 
yeah. you know, because I feel like the, the consumer's demanding it at this point. Because now we're a little bit more awoken about what it is we're putting in our bodies and how it's like completely not okay. Well, I mean, <laughs> for the, for the, when you start to ask the question, we like I think, to think about it. I think we're mildly concerned, not mildly, but like really concerned about those things that we're putting in our bodies and, and how we can, you know, get away from that. Um, that I think is really cool about the line and a focus that you've put a lot of energy into um, to get out there into the world and that's important you know and it's important as women because if we're not taking care of ourselves and we're not you know we know we're taking care of everybody else first yes <laughs> that's a given well you guys were a very early adopter of that like yes I think it's coming very much into the mainstream now but is, is there a part of you that just wants to stand on the mountaintop and scream, <laughs> we've been there for 42 years? Like, do you feel like, do you feel like people should have been paying attention to you earlier? Because, I mean, very forward thinking. You, you were Absolutely. there long before anybody else. Absolutely. Our founder was a visionary and we are the original plant-based clean company. And we do use that more uh, since, of course, now it seems that everywhere you turn you find vegan, cruelty-free products. But we've been the original uh, for quite a long time. And, yeah. and we believe that we've um, charted the way and created a, a way for that as well. because. Uh, we've been informing our customers for over 42 years and of course also demanding change in products and uh, ingredients uh, that are used. Now I know your customers span all ethnicities, but yes. you as a Latina woman, I, I find a little bit unique in this industry. I don't see a lot <laughs> of Latinas represented in this industry. So how, tell us a little bit about how that impacts you and the way you do business. Absolutely. Uh, so one thing that drew me to Arbon was it was in its ingredient policy and that it was plant based. You know, I'm I've grown up in Mexico. I'm from Guanajuato, uh, so I immigrated here when I was six years old. Oh, that's but of very course, wow. Of course, I have all the traditional, you know, medicine woman, well, you know, recipes <laughs> basically that are are like, oh, you know, brew this flour with, you know, rub that some plant dirt on it, and put, you know, so. <laughs> So I have all that in my heritage, and to me that was so aligned with what Arbonne represented. So to me it was easy to adopt everything, um, but also the way that I, you know, um, serve my clients, they come from all nationalities, but I do, you know, emphasize a lot on serving Latinas and Latino, um, or Latine, or Latinx, you know, it's, we, it's, we have different... There's a lot, there's <laughs> yeah. all, all the things, yeah, right? Yeah, so we're very inclusive, and it's, you know, just making sure that I am translating into Spanish, but also creating recipes that resonate with our heritage yeah. and uh, the ingredients we use, so... Because of that background, though, where, you know, combining this flour with an ounce of dirt or whatever, <laughs> you know, spray some Windex on it, whatever it is, do you find that... Um, that Latinas are, are slower to adapt or slower to move toward a product like this, even though it's it's so amazing for them with yes. with the plant-based and the natural, yes. um, is, is it harder to get them to adapt? It's not. I mean, once they find out they love our products, because in essence, it's what grandma taught them. You yeah. know, it's, it's what has been shared in oral history. And um, I think it's it's more about representation. I think there's more and more Latina independent consultants. And I think as representation increases, then people see themselves, right, in, in that company as well. Yeah. Yeah. So I want to flip the script and go back to the fundraising part, because, again, 
the hardest job <laughs> in the world. Now, is that a pre uh, predominantly male uh, dominate industry, or is it more female based? I don't know. I mean, I know about it from the nonprofit side. I don't know about it from the higher education side. Yes. Yeah, so uh, the demographic in fundraising depends on the industry. Mm -hmm. So, for example. I fundraise in the arts, I fundraise in higher education, and also, you know, done some environmental fundraising as well. And um, when you're in the arts, it's mainly a lot of, you see a lot of female, but then of course, the leadership levels, yep. that's when it's predominantly male. Yes. And that's kind of true in any industry. But yes. in essence, you know, when you're starting and fundraising to mid-level, you see many women, of course, in teams. Yep. Uh, and few men, but then why aren't they advancing to the to that higher management mm -hmm. level? What where where are I they? Mean, are, they question, burning, are they burning? Are they burning them a out? That's question, Stacy. We keep I asking. Know, <laughs> I know. Are they burning them out? At, are you, like I mean, you've been doing this a long time, and I I, I feel like because we know how tough that is, and, and especially to do it as a career, we do it as a nonprofit. So it's different. It's different. Absolutely. Yeah, you know? but but that's um, yeah. It's, it's got to be exhausting. And like at some point, do you on. just go, I'm, I'm out, I can't do this anymore? I mean, you're spun on. It's really easy to burn out in fundraising, especially in the expect expectation and demands. Yeah. But I think uh, what has served me well is that I've always advocated and I've always advocated in having a word on goals and having a say on managing my time and my priorities and what falls on my plate as a fundraiser. Maria is bringing it. <laughs> this is what we came for here. This is good. No, and this is good advice, I think, for anybody in any industry, because if you're in sales, you know, whether you're asking for money or you're asking for someone to buy what you, you're, you're pushing, I mean, these are basic, I think, important traits that you possess. Absolutely. I think being able to negotiate and prioritize has been one of the best tools I've ever learned. And of course, being an advocate. Yes. Yes. And expand on that a little bit. When you say advocate, advocate for the, the cause, advocate for Self. The, the, yourself. For yourself, like, yeah. absolutely. I think uh, as women, sometimes we want to be shy and we take kind of being bold as like being arrogant, which is not true. You know, I think, you know, us being bold, it just means us appreciating what we bring to the table. And I think, I just, I sent you this, I don't know if you read it, but seven, I'm in insurance, risk management, um, 77 cents on every dollar is what we are still making in my industry yep. today in 2022. Mm -hmm. And I said to myself, as I was reading this article, like, well, how do we make this change, you know? And it's exactly what you're saying. It's standing up for yourself. It's, you know, taking those steps to, to go towards the jobs and those different levels that you know you're capable and able of doing. I mean, in your industry, is it still, it's pretty much the same, right? It is, and it's, um, I think it's very, all of our yeah, industry. I mean, it's just, just like you, there's, I think, um, there's, I mean, there's a lot of women loan officers out there, but when you look into the management level, it's obviously very heavily man, male oriented. We must change that. We're working on it. <laughs> we gotta change it, ladies. Because if it's not something they think that we're doing from our ground level, I mean, it's not going to get done because obviously, you know, tradition and time has shown us that. Do you ever look at those LinkedIn pictures of like, you know, the management meeting and they're like, great meeting in, in New York with all the managers. It's all so dudes. great to get together. And all you look dudes. at the picture and it's all dudes. Yes. All white dudes. Yeah. And I'm like, <laughs> wow. All old white dudes. Yeah. It's, uh, I, I laugh. Right. I literally am like, okay, yeah. cool. It's insane. It's insane. So 
Maria, I want to talk to yeah, you about what it's like to be out there pounding the pavement and mm-hmm. selling products. And what are some of the advice that you could give young women that are in, you know, similar, not necessarily in your industry, but just in, in the sales or getting out there? Where you, you you eat what you kill, right? right. So yeah, let's absolutely. talk about that. Like, what's what's your what's your best advice for that scenario? Absolutely. And I think this is, you know, finding balance, right? I think, you know, sometimes we want to grind every hour, every minute, and I'm guilty of that, especially when you're in sales, you have to, because like you said, you know, what you hunt is what you eat, you know, and in essence, um, you have to set boundaries and have the ability to say no. I think, um, you know, when you set your goals, when you set your focus, when you set your intention and you have clarity, it makes it easier for, (laughs) we have a minor disturbance. (laughs) Live audio recording. (laughs) Absolutely. Um, So once you have clarity and find, you know, your niche, when you find your mission and you're aligned, it's much easier to conserve your energy and then create momentum. I'm always asking myself, what's going to move the needle today, right? In essence, there's a hundred things I could do in a day, but if I just find that one thing that will move the needle, then that's what I want to focus on and put my energy in. Yes, yes, yes. I like that. I like that. really good. Uh, best-selling product. What sells the best? Oh, my goodness. So, of course, our mascara. I did not know, but okay. Yes. Now I'm going to have to look at that. The non-smudging mascara. Yes, our mascara. Era. And following that is our face, which is an energy uh, supplement effervescent mixture. And it's made with ginseng, it's made with coenzyme CQ10, vitamin B, and also green tea. And this drink basically, you just mix it in water and it offers you kind of a natural lift it doesn't give you the jitters that coffee can give you sometimes and it also has very minimal caffeine because all of us you know can be caffeine sensitive at some point yeah yeah yes yes so both of those are definitely all the time i know what about top skincare because now we have one nutrition one cosmetic what's your top skincare seller so our skincare would be our age well line and our age well, well like yes. stop there. Absolutely. Done. <laughs> Sold. Yes, so all of our age well products, of course, you know, support our natural aging process. So we age gracefully. <laughs> I love it. We tried it. I do love that. Um, We're all works in progress there. How do people find you? What's your uh, best way to get a hold of you? Yes, so you can go online to mariasperedes.arbon.com or you can also follow me on Instagram at beautybloom.la. I love it. I love it. I love it. Well, we are jazzed to get to spend some time with you today. You are a light. You are fun. I know that you're out there doing the work and uh, making some strides out there in both of your industries. So thank you so much. We will go ahead and get this online here in a couple uh, weeks, and we'll post some links of where people can find you. Um, But with that, everybody get out there this week and be inspired like Maria. Be inspired. (laughs)